We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. All right, Sam, the Phoenix Suns lost game two against the Denver Nuggets and are now down 0-2. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I apologize to the listeners who were probably expecting us to get this episode up within half an hour, as we as we typically do uh, in the playoffs, but had an internet outage at the worst possible time. I promise we were the not, best. We were not <laughs> ducking the, the smoke. We were not like, you know hiding from uh from the allegations or whatever yeah, we, uh, right, right, right. but I, I don't know yeah I, I i think it's not the worst possible thing that we're recording this let's see it's it's one o'clock here on the east coast about 12 hours after the game or so and and maybe a little bit more level-headed than we would be last night so that's not the worst no one's gonna listen to this anyway so, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta get it out there i'm doing all right how are you <laughs> i feel about this I'll, I'll be honest i feel about the same as i felt last night <laughs> uh, so I don't know that it changed dramatically for me um, in this game I, I I think we can just quickly touch on the highlights of it uh, Devin Booker 35 points six assists uh, five rebounds and then on the other side of that Nikola Nikola Jokic 39 points 16 rebounds five assists was 17 for 30 took 30 shots I'm not sure he's done that in any playoff game yet and uh the Nuggets won by 10 points in the lowest scoring playoff game the Suns have played in a long time, 87 to 97. And I think the big headline of the story is is Chris Paul in the middle of the game went up for a rebound, had KCP crawling all over his back and appeared to pull his groin potentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in an injury that left him out the rest of the game and potentially future games as we go forward most likely future games if not he, um, the rest of the time the Suns are in the playoffs he is getting an MRI today <laughs> he has not had that MRI at the time of us speaking right now so we don't know it could be um, yeah he could be back on Friday or he could miss the rest of the playoffs we just don't know if it's going to be a strain or or a significant grade uh, 
injury at this point. We'll see. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, like it does suck. I think it's go ahead. Well, in in the playoffs so far, I think there are two things that could have caught up with the Suns at some point in the playoffs. You know, I think they got out of the Clippers uh, series pretty much unscathed. But the two things that could have caught up with the Suns, even just outside of injuries, just outside of injuries, which could happen to any team, the two things that could have caught up with them is inexperience together, so a lack of playing a lot of games together. They had eight regular season games against you know, teams that were rarely playing their full lineups, and then plus the playoffs. And then the other one was they made a huge midseason trade for a player and sort of didn't have the opportunity to rebuild around that player. So that affected their depth. It affected not necessarily just their depth because I think there are players on the Suns team that could make sense depending on the makeup of the team. But the the fit, I think, with the players along with the stars that play on this team sure. are not quite right. Nope. And I think in this game and in the series in general for, so far, the first two games, both of those things have caught up with them. You know, they don't have the guys for one and they don't really have the chemistry <laughs> for two and you can see both of those things impacting them against the nuggets so far affecting them in terms of the chemistry thing as much with the star players as as with the depth like obviously the depth is a huge issue with this team the entire bench shot two for 16 in that game <laughs> which is yeah, just yeah. like come on wait, give us something they, they couldn't give us anything in terms of production but yeah, as zero much, three pointers from anyone but Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and game. Kevin Durant. And they finally they finally hit the benchmark that I've been asking for. They, they <laughs> attempted 31 threes. They attempted over 30 for the first time in a playoff game this year. The only problem, they shot six of 31, which is 19 percent out. Kevin Durant, two for 12. We haven't even touched on his game yet, which was not uh, good. Yeah, look, we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to all of them. But what I was going to say is the chemistry thing. I mean, it's almost why Chris Paul's injury is not the main story of the night to me, uh, because look, I'm not uh, like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It would suck to have him out. I think he's had great quarters. He's had great stretches, uh, individual stretches, like a quarter at a time in certain games in the playoffs. But he hasn't been able to sustain it in a way that's really been long lasting or has really felt cohesive throughout an entire game at any point in this playoffs. Uh, And he just he doesn't. Him and Aiton both. I mean, they're supposed to be stars number three and four on this team, and they don't really fit next to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in the way that the team is currently constructed. They they just don't. So yeah. it's a big deal to not play with Chris Paul. I'm not going to pretend that it makes the team better. It's not addition by subtraction or, or anything of the like. Uh, but they can still, here's your dose of optimism, they can absolutely still win games without Chris Paul because, let's face it, Chris Paul is not that good anymore. Ultimately, this team is is gonna go as far yeah. as Devin Booker it, and Kevin Durant can take them in the rest of the series. It's well, I think the difference is there are essentially six players. I think you could confidently say are capable of getting playoff minutes on this team. And without Chris Paul, there's five. <laughs> there's five. Who are the five? You know, the, the, I, I think it would be Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre, and Chris Paul. Those are the four. And then I think you can say Okogie and Craig are capable of getting playoff minutes. Yeah. For sure. Sure. Outside of that, you have Ish Wainwright, who played two minutes in this game. Yeah. Bismack Biombo, who is just a question mark. Jock Landale, who's a question mark. Cameron Payne, who was awful in this game. Damian Lee, who was 0 for 5 and still kind of was a better fit than anyone else so far in this game. And then you have guys who haven't even played yet, like Warren, 
and then Shamit finally didn't play in this game and Terrence Ross. Terrence and I Ross, think people yeah. begging for TJ Warren and Terrence Ross. I understand you guys. I understand. You do not remember just how awful their defense was off ball, I think. Terrence Ross's defense in the regular season against bad teams was just horrific. Absolutely horrific. And this is a team in the Nuggets that will pick on a player over and over and over and over again. That's not to say that the Suns should not try Terrence Ross, especially now with Chris Paul being injured. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is a strong defense as to why he has not played yet, and that's his lack of defense. Yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, anytime you lose in the playoffs, there's going to be bitching about the coach and and the coaching in general. and And it's always about who plays, right? It's right. rarely it, about how they're playing. Or, I mean, or it's the about strategies. it's about a lot of things. It's not just yeah. about who plays. It, it is about some on court stuff as well. But I guess it's just like I, I was a little frustrated with the criticisms I saw of Monty last night because it it just felt like it was coming from a place of people were mad that we lost game one, people were mad that we lost game two, and they were taking yeah. that out on Monty. But we lost the two games in completely different ways, and yeah. that's not. Like, again, that, you know, that's not to put a bandage on it and, and say that everything is going to be fine. Like, obviously, I don't want to be down 0-2 in the series. But after game one, we asked for adjustments. We got 90% of those adjustments going into game yeah. two. We came yeah. out with a super physical, aggressive defensive strategy that absolutely locked down Jamal Murray. I think we got some help from the officials just in the way they called the game. We were able to play him with well, a lot more physicality, and that helped. Yeah, I, I know what you're going to say. There <laughs> there were iffy calls throughout there, but for the most part... Not a good performance by the referees. For, there, there were some inconsistencies, but for the most part, they were able to play Jamal Murray in a way that allowed did not allow him to get going, and that was great. That was adjustment number one. Uh, we up until he got injured, we had more Chris Paul on the ball, less Kevin Durant on the ball, which limited the Suns' turnovers. Then, of course, Chris Paul gets injured. That's adjustment number two. Uh, it completely, it, it, as a matter of fact, we didn't even lose the possession battle. We actually won the possession battle in this game. We out rebounded them. We grabbed more offensive rebounds. Uh, Landry Shamit did not touch the floor at all. There, there were all sorts of things that happened in this game that were different as opposed to game one. It's just. Kevin Durant sucked ass and the bench sucked ass. I'm like, what, what are we supposed to do about that? There's not, yeah. you know, that's not a coaching thing to me. You can play Terrence Ross. You can play TJ Warren. That's fine. Maybe we should continue to throw shit at the wall. But if you're a Suns fan and you haven't seen at this point that just every single bench player here is as deeply flawed as the next guy, mm-hmm. there's no magic answer in terms of the way the team is constructed. There just isn't. Yep, <laughs> I agree with that. We actually didn't out-rebound them, I just want to mention. Maybe offensive, offensive, offense, re- offensive rebounds. Yeah. 11 offensive rebounds to their five is what I was referring to. The The game plan in this one was, uh, you could sort of say it as simple as, let Nikola Jokic beat you, and he did. You know, it's funny because in this game, I think the pick-and-roll defense was improved. Mostly, I think, the stuff they did off the ball to Jamal Murray is what did that, especially on DHOs, pushing him out not letting him get a clean path into the DHO, slowing him down before he even gets to the ball. That's the work that Devin Booker did. That's the work that Josh Okogie did. That's the work that Torrey Craig did for the most part. Um, And even if you're talking about MPJ, who also didn't have a great game in this game, I think you can give a lot of credit to Devin Booker and Damian Lee. I think Damian Lee actually did a good job on Michael Porter Jr. in this game defensively too. Damian Lee, who played 26 minutes, by the way, something we asked for in our last podcast but <laughs> and had no about zero points to show for it zero points and yeah and i still kind of liked it um but 
you talk about the, the the pick and roll defense getting better. Yes, it did get slightly better until the fourth quarter where it completely fell apart. Um, and when DeAndre Ayton was tired, I think. And then you say, okay, the post defense was great in game one. But what <laughs> what happened in game two? DeAndre Ayton played good post defense. I mean, I think you can give him some credit there. Still got killed. Just absolutely got killed in the post That's fine. by Nikola Jokic. That's you fine. Know? And I, it is fine. It is fine. They but sc- at Mike, some point... They scored 97 points. Like yeah, I know they, they missed 97 points. They missed a lot of threes as well. Jokic took 30 fucking shots. Yeah, it's this, crazy. This, this this is the ideal strategy for the Suns. This is the why it's so rebounds frustrating. by Jokic is a little frustrating. Though. Uh, it's, it's fine. Eight it's rebounds fi- for Aiden. Honestly, it's fine. Let him shoot a million times in the post and try to beat you by himself and limit Murray yeah. and MPJ yeah. off ball. This is what we went into the series wanting. This is why basketball is a stupid sport. <laughs> because I'm telling you, people, we made the adjustments and it's then we just yeah. couldn't hit a fucking shot and you well, lose the game 10 anyway. 10 for 27. I mean, this is where we got to talk about it. 10 for 27 by Kevin Durant. And so, some credit goes to Aaron Gordon and the Denver Nuggets. Some. He missed a lot of open shots. He missed a lot of good shots. You know, I think there were some that Aaron Gordon just impacted and, you know, even blocked with Kevin Durant. But outside of that, the two for 12 from three in particular, you know, I would say a good eight or nine of those threes were wide open or open for for Kevin Durant. And he missed 10 of them. Uh, And look, as simple as basketball can be sometimes this game, I think you could say two things, you know. Chris Paul went down. That's going to happen, I think, in, in the playoffs. You can just kind of say, if he didn't, I think the Suns would have done a better job closing the game because Cameron Payne was awful. And when you have to use two bench guys, essentially, if you're counting Josh Kogi to close the game, then you're probably not going to do a great job with those two guys. So if if Chris Paul played the rest of the game, I think they could have won. But the, the big, big, big thing, the simplest thing, is if Kevin Durant just plays the normal type of basketball he can play, the Suns win this game, and and he didn't. And look, there's some version of saying if the process is right and the shots don't go in, it's fine. But, you know, that's more of a regular season conversation. <laughs> the shots have to go in in the playoffs. You know, this is this is do or die. Yes. The shots have to go in. Yes. You know, either they go in or you go home. That's That's why we call it. You know, it's not just a joke that we call every important game a legacy game or a legacy series. You know, it's when the when the stage is brightest. Luckily, luckily, Kevin Durant has been in this situation before. Yeah, he has. No, he actually has. In 2012, now I realized that was a long time ago. Kevin Durant was 23 years old, but in 2012, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were the high or were the lower seed in that series, um, playing the San Antonio Spurs in the Western Conference Finals. Went down 0-2, lost, dropped the first two games in San Antonio. Go back, take care of business at home, win the next two games. They tied up 2-2. Go back to San Antonio, win game five on the road, come back to OKC. They win four straight. They they drop the first two games of the series. They still clean it up in six. Kevin Durant in that series averages 30 points per game, eight rebounds per game. He shoots like 55% from the field. He has a stellar performance games three through six. And he's, again, he's doing it all while he's 23, Russ is 22, James Harden is 21, and they go to the finals, get whooped by LeBron. Everyone knows that story. But he has done it before. He's come back from this adversity. In this year's playoffs, last round, 
The Golden State Warriors literally did this to the Sacramento Kings. They needed seven games, not six. But they came back from 0-2. We're not out of it. If we lose game three, we're out of it. <laughs> but, but, but we're not out of it yet, goddammit. We are not out of it yet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, so... I'm just going to say right now, I don't think Chris Paul is playing game three. I don't now, there so is either. a nice three-game break here, right? We're in game or day one of the three-day three break, I should say. Um, we're in day one of that. Game three is on Friday. I'm just going to assume Chris Paul is not playing. Let's start with that conversation here. Uh, I don't think you start campaign, right? I don't think they're going to do that. He was so bad, man. I mean, I, people just... clamoring for campaign. I think this should be a lesson, right? It's not always just begging for other guys that's going to fix every problem. I was one of. The, I and mean, people I are just going to switch who they're clamoring for at this point, right? I didn't think <laughs> he would fix everything, but I was one of the people clamoring for him just because I really liked, the, I, I, in theory, the pace that he would bring compared to Landry. Uh, but he just he did he did not see the floor like a veteran point guard that you would expect him to be at this point kind of a guy who's benefited from the what is this cam's third third like he spent three and a half seasons with the suns if you include the bubble run which i guess doesn't really count but like he should be benefiting from all of the continuity built up over this era of basketball with monty williams and chris paul and devin booker and and i don't know he should he should perform like a little bit more of a veteran at this point and he was he did not meet the moment at all uh, he, he was waving of off KD. <laughs> he yeah. was waving off KD and Devin Booker uh, to try to run pick and rolls. And here's the that's the issue, right? That's the issue we run into with Cameron Payne is that if he's a point guard, he is even with even with Chris Paul out, he's probably the third best player at running the the central uh, the team essentially as a point guard. Minus after Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, minus sixteen in his seventeen minutes. That yeah, was one for seven worst. overall, zero oh for four from three, and this is the issue, right? You kind of need campaign if he does start, 
you would need him to play off ball. Just entirely play off ball for the entirety of the entirety of the game. Devin Booker's now the point guard. Kevin Durant runs the offense as much as he possibly can as well. You're running the offense through those two guys. So we'll start with assuming obviously Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre, and those three are starting. I think then you have to fill out the rest of the roster, assuming no Chris Paul at that point. And I think you can slot Torrey Craig in. He's just he's just probably at this point the fourth best player um, on the Suns, assuming. DeAndre it actually plays well, which <laughs> he did for three quarters. Yeah, oh. I mean, because like there's a there's a scenario where DeAndre and is worse than Torrey Craig. It happened a few games in the Clippers series as well, by the way. So it's possible Torrey Craig could be the third best player <laughs> on this team, depending on the game. Um, Aiton has been a negative in the majority of the playoff games he's played so far, and that's just a fact. Sorry if that makes you mad. So let's say those four are playing. Can you afford to put Josh Okogie in there? As the as the fifth guy at this I'm, point, I'm low he played key. pretty well on yeah. defense in this game. He, he played did. pretty well. I mean, he he was a big part in limiting Murray. Obviously, Booker played a big role in that too because they sort of traded off depending on their minutes. Um, Okogie only played 22 minutes. He didn't come close to matching Jamal. Um, His stat line does look like a box of donuts. Yes, <laughs> you know, zero for just... zero from the free throw line, zero three point shots made, zero offensive rebounds, zero defensive rebounds, and yet zero steals, zero blocks. <laughs> well, Tory a zero in plus minus, by the way. <laughs> Tory Craig, well, that's not bad in a game like last that's night. That's good. But, yeah, but I mean, Tory, it's good. Tory played eleven minutes and he had a box of donuts as well. Um, and and I'm still just I'm kind of worried because you could start both of them and and you could look and squint at that lineup and and say, man, that's a lot of defensive potential. But I'm just yeah. worried about the blitzes yeah. that are going to come for Devin Booker and having two guys on the floor in Josh Okogie and Torrey Craig who make you really nervous when they have to attack a closeout for different reasons. I think Josh because he's a little overaggressive and can't shoot. Torrey because you don't really want him to dribble at all. If Should we start Damian Lee? Should we start Terrence Ross? Is this the game to throw Terrence Ross out there for 35 minutes and just say, look, man, Chuck, and we're going to, if you, if you lose, we're done. If you win, you're a hero. You, you yeah. know, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe it's time to do it. I mean, the, here's, here's what they closed with. Um, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre, and Josh Okogie, Damian Lee. It was bad. It did not look good. Uh, no, that's not to say that they can't play better. Uh, I think they can. You know, they weren't really prepared for that lineup. You know, the ideal scenario was Chris Paul, who I think was playing really well in this game, would have closed the game and had a few jumpers to to seal the deal at the end. That would have been the ideal scenario here. Um, but in 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 that closing lineup, they didn't look good. It's not necessarily to say that they shouldn't try it. But I think you got to give Torrey Craig a chance again if you're going to start uh, without Chris Paul. And just, yes, I think it's going to be tough. Look, it's just a frustrating thing for me. If Kevin Durant screens for Devin Booker in a spread pick and roll in this game to start the game, it'll be the first time that's happened with the that's, two of them doing that. When I said earlier that Monty implemented 90% of the adjustments we asked for between game one and game two, that's the other 10% that he continues to not do. Is KD At this point, I'm wondering, is KD... Does KD not want to do that? Is that what we're doing at this point? Like, is I that, don't know. Is it's that, weird. Why it's, are we doing this? It's weird because we went to so much Akogi as the screener in the fourth quarter with Aiton sinking down into the dunker spot, but we just refused to to implement 
what would be a much better action. And, and I understand you're not benefiting if you stick a Kogi in the corner. You're not getting that spacing from Durant. But you can swap out a Kogi and put someone else in there who can space the floor. It's just it feels like it would work. And we definitely need to see it. But we haven't seen it. Uh, we haven't seen it. I think they don't. I think the thought process is you're sort of bringing in the two best defenders into the pick and roll defense, right? And that's what they're worried about. I, I think that's probably what it is, right? They have their two best defenders on Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Why bring the two best defenders into the action when you could bring one of their worst defenders into the action instead in MPJ, who still held up pretty well. I think we can say it again. Or uh, somebody else like Jokic into the into the pick and roll. And that's that's like it, right? If they can find ways to go you know screen screen then screen right off ball screens to get a switch and then bring a different guy into the action with Kevin Durant that would be a nice way to That's bring fine. somebody like MPJ into it. It too. just it just feels like the type of excuse like you can afford you have the privilege to make that excuse when your offense is already cooking and you're trying to squeeze out a little bit more on the margins to say hey our offense is already good let's target the right right mismatches and like juice it a little bit to make it great. When you have an offensive performance like the Suns had in game two, you can't, you just need fucking buckets. Like you can't really afford to take that approach. You know what I mean? You, you just well, need to score any way possible. And if that and means is, a direct action involving your two best players, one screening for the other, then that's what you got to do. Well, and this is the issue with that too, right? The reality is the other three guys probably aren't going to be, well, DeAndre Ayton's not a three-point threat. So just, factor that in he's got to be in the dunker spot meaning not it's not probably not going to be a clear path to the rim no matter what there's going to be a defender at least on deandre and that could potentially help and then the other two guys if they're josh Kogi and tory craig they're just going to leave him they're just going to leave him right they'll bring a third guy into the pick and roll with kevin durant and devin booker if that's the case and that third guy will just be in the middle of the floor and leaving whoever that that not non-shooter is and this is where you can make the case, just as you said, to say maybe you just put Terrence Ross in there. And and look, he's going to get... I, I don't know what else to say other than they're going to force the switch until he's guarding Jamal Murray. And sure. then they're going to put Terrence Ross in the pick and roll between Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And then DeAndre Ayton's going to be the other defender in that pick and roll. And if you factor in all of the pick and rolls in this series, that's still bad defense by DeAndre Ayton on most of those pick and rolls, I would say. Um, the majority of them. And if you put Terrence Ross as the other defender in that, you're going to get killed. Uh, you know, So you're right in to say that maybe you lean in all offense and you give it a try anyway and what? hope that you can completely outscore them. What but do we I, have I, to I don't know how good it's going to be. I, I, it's just when we have this random assemblage of garbage depth pieces <laughs> at this point, what do we have to lose? Yeah. Landry Shaman is a known quantity. Like, he'll get cooked by Jamal Murray and regardless and we know he's not going to give us even 10 points and he still might start <laughs> and he still might start Damian might. Lee I, Damian I Lee I don't even know how much worse it could be I held out hope for Damian Lee really hoping that this would be the game he gets going but he hasn't shown it to us either what do you have to lose by trying something else but worst Damian case scenario Lee, to Ross plays like shit he's out of league next year give him Damian the chance Lee, to his credit played good defense had three offensive rebounds, six rebounds total, and two assists. You know, minus five in his minutes, but 26 minutes minus five in a game they lost by 10. You know, and that includes the end stretch where probably the entirety of his minus five came from. I I actually think he was pretty good. You know, I I think he was pretty good in this game. And if the threes aren't falling, they could, they could leave him. They weren't really in this game, but they could. 
And I think they will start falling at some point. I think you have to have some level of faith in Damian Lee to continue to play well. And if that means starting him, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. They just start Damian Lee with Josh Okogie. Cross your fingers. <laughs> Make Okogie the screener. Uh, Okogie has to shoot a mid-range shot if they're going to not guard him entirely and just have a guy basically with two feet outside of the restricted area I don't know. daring I don't, him to do anything. I don't know if he has to take that mid-range shot because I saw a lot of people focusing on that one play too where he passed it back out to Durant. I don't know if he has to take that shot because I don't know what his percentage is on that shot. I don't think it's very good. At the very well, try least, try to poster him. Do the do the Josh Okogie. Do the Josh Okogie. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's go full Josh Okogie, which to me means jump off of two feet and try and get fouled. And in a game like last night's, with the way the refs were calling it, maybe you don't get that call. Yeah, or maybe they call a charge. They, you just never know what the refs are doing. In that I don't game. know. Maybe in the future you do get that call. And if you get some of those calls in game three, and you're going back home, and I don't know why exactly the scientific reason behind this, but. The players will feel the an amped Phoenix crowd behind them, and hopefully it will just lead to to a bump in shooting percentages for everyone, and will raise all boats. You got to They're not going to score eighty seven points again. They're not. <laughs> if so, that happens, then I'll delete my Twitter account if they score eighty seven <laughs> points in Game Three because I think I'll have to at that point. Don't don't please. I don't want to be alone there. Um, people asked me to quote-unquote kill Monty Williams on this podcast it's always for reasons that I just don't agree with look Ish Wainwright two minutes people are gonna be mad about those two minutes I don't necessarily think it's this is a type of bench where you go hey let me try this Ish Wainwright is strong let's see if he can uh, wall up Aaron Gordon for a few possessions and if it doesn't work I'll just pull him and we'll move on and that's exactly what happened the, the, that's the type of bench players we have at this point where you can try things like that and then move on if it's bad um and that's what happened in this game. I'm not going to kill him for that. I will say, and this is partially, I think David did a really great job of pointing this out. The Suns offense in the third quarter, the Nuggets could not keep up with it as much as any quarter in this game, by the way. Only one quarter for both teams did either team score over 30 points um, in this game. And that was the third quarter for both teams. And they were running their offense, right? It was double drag. It was They were running plays in this game, in that third quarter, and that's what killed them. And then in the fourth quarter, they went full, full matchup hunting over and over and over again. And I think there was a stretch to end the third quarter in particular where Devin Booker was just really lighting them up with passes and with shots. And that was partially because they were just running their regular offense until they doubled Devin Booker, and then he was slicing them up with passes all over the court. When they stopped doing that, when they started just switching, I think they really should have gone back to their offense to what worked. And in some ways, I think this was the problem with not having Chris Paul out there. Because Chris Paul is not just Chris Paul, the I can handle this, let me run a pick and roll, we'll get a good shot out of it 75% of the time player. He's also kind of a coach on the floor where he'll say, hey, this play worked eight times in a row earlier. Let's run it 15 times more <laughs> until they figure out how to defend it. And without him, that's where I'm like a little bit concerned about Monty Williams. And I think you could even extend that in, into the future. If Chris Paul is completely gone, are we sure that Monty Williams is capable of, of ha- having the offense run as smoothly as it ran with Chris Paul when he's gone? Because he might be gone as early as next year. 
Yeah. And I think that's, I think, where I think Monty Williams has been a little frustrating for me. Why did they go away from the things that were working entirely? Was it because they were switching? And if it was because they were switching, why not run double drag a whole lot more and see if that continues to work? I just, it's that type of thing is what I think has become frustrating in this game. And I think, like you said, I want to give them credit too. They did a great job defensively in this game, which is what was bad in the first game, the defense. And they did a great job adjusting there. On the other side, I'm a little concerned. I just, without Chris Paul. I don't know. I mean, Cam just came, Payne, he came in and he did so much damage yeah, in his limited yeah. time and just ruining the flow of the offense. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, a good point. You know, after after that, I, I don't really know. I, I, I don't know exactly what these conversations look like. Of course, not being in the huddle myself is another problem because to what extent do Book and KD need to take some ownership of the fact that those are their decisions as well? Especially with my understanding of the way that Monty coaches. Um, I don't think Monty is a particularly authoritarian coach. Uh, and maybe he should be. Maybe that's part of well, people's problem. Well, without Chris with Paul, maybe he should be, yeah. Uh, you know, because yeah. Chris Paul was allowed to call the plays. And in some ways, Devin Booker should be too, and, and Kevin Durant should be too. But at this point, with this team and without the continuity that you want and without the chemistry that has been able to build over the course of a regular season and <laughs> without the guys, you know, maybe there should be a little bit more of that calling the plays. On a little a, on more, a, on little a more fascism for Monty is what yeah, we need exactly. going into game three. Exactly. Now, all right, so we covered the starters. You know, I don't know what Monty's actually... Like, if, if Landry Shamit started, I would not actually be surprised. And I hate I would to say not, that. I hate to say it, and I would not be surprised as well. Um, I, I, you just have to... I'm sorry, I'm laughing a lot on this pod. You just... There's, it's, there's this absurdity to this entire situation. We traded for Kevin Durant. We traded for one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> and he shot 10 for 27. <laughs> and he shot 10 for 27, and our bench shucks ass, and here we are, down 0-2. Um, if Landry Shamit starts game three, honestly, maybe that's the fate we deserve. Maybe he'll go <laughs> off for 30. Here's a... Look, I'm, gonna be fr- I'm always honest on this podcast with my feelings and my intentions. It's bleak, guys. It's it has happened before. <laughs> it's possible. It has Kansas happened Suns win. before. It's possible. Is Am I confident in it without Chris Paul? I'm not. I'm not confident in the Suns coming back and winning this. Credit to the Nuggets, I think, who are playing the best defense they've played all season. Um, you know, I think they're doing a good job. The Suns can play better offensively. Can they play better defensively than this in this last game? Probably not. I mean, you know, you can look out into Nikola Jokic actually missing some shots you know, because DeAndre Ayton, I think, played relatively good defense on him throughout the game. But outside of that, I, I think they're going to, it's going to be tough. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. Any other thoughts before we wrap this one up? We're about at half an hour here. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren, <laughs> rest well because Friday night we make our final stand. What, what very well <laughs> could be our final stand. Stick with us. You know, we'll be back hopefully Friday yeah. night immediately after the pod. Win or loss. But let's just say, uh, let's hope that it's going to be a win. Uh, I visited the Oracle, not Oracle Arena. I visited an Oracle that foretold me of a prophecy that Terrence Ross is going to save us in Game 3. Join us on Friday night and we'll see if the prophecy comes true. Thanks, everyone.
real-time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.